only 5% of Americans are eating enough fiber, which is in 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. Uh, for most women, it's 25 grams. For men, it's 35 grams. So only 5% of us are getting to that mark. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Welcome to a very exciting episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. Now, whether you are new to the podcast or you've been listening for a while, you may or may not know that I've actually been a vegetarian since I was nine years old. Now, although I know that there are a lot of health benefits to being plant-based, like the micronutrients and plants are so valuable when it comes to supporting your hormones and metabolic function, especially as we go through perimenopause, Um, I also know that getting in 30 grams of protein in your meals is key to hormonal health and optimal energy, body composition, and really so many pieces of the puzzle when you're in this hormonally shifting time and and just not feeling as awesome as you know in in your heart and your gut that you should. You know, I am a vegetarian. Really, I started as more for ethical reasons than anything else. So I know how challenging this piece is to start to make this shift, whether you have a family and trying to transition how you eat because it can be met with a lot of roadblocks or, you know, or even just the time and the bandwidth to learn like new ways of eating and cooking. So whether you're already plant-based or just wanting to learn more about how it might help you feel better in perimenopause, how it might really support your hormones or how to incorporate this transition, this episode is going to be awesome for you. Not too long ago at a conference I was at, I connected with an incredible woman and immediately felt fascinated by her story. And I wanted to have her on the show here to share. I know you're going to love her story as much as I did and learn so much from her. So our guest today is Ali Essig, a plant-based nutritionist, the founder of PlantWise, and the creator of plant-based courses and memberships where she helps women and moms lose weight, improve their health, and overcome emotional eating with a plant-based diet. She Get this, she is a wife and mother of six children. That is a family of eight. And she's here today to talk to us about the benefits of plant-based living, how to have clarity and direction when incorporating incorporating more of a plant-based living like lifestyle into your life and even overcome emotional triggers around food. So I am so grateful for you to be here, Ali. Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) I'm so happy. I'm excited. You know, I I got to hear a bit of your story when we chatted a little bit, but why don't we start there and tell everyone a little bit about how you even came? Because it's not a little thing to go plant-based. It's not even super common, although it's becoming more and more, but let's start with, you know, how you came to be. 
Right, right, exactly. Why would me with six kids want to do this to dark? <laughs> no, so I live in the Washington D.C. area, and I used to work on Capitol Hill for a congressman. I, you know, my husband's an attorney. We're very much living the D.C. life, and in October first, two thousand nineteen, right after we had had twin babies, so they're number five and six, so we'd added them to our life, and. They were around nine months old when my husband was sitting at work one day and all of a sudden just felt ill and his vision like became double vision. And he had the thought, I don't want to die in my office. And so he kind of got up because he knew it was, that it was something serious, but wasn't sure what was going on. He couldn't see straight. He got up, he talked to, you know, the receptionist. She saw him and immediately knew in her heart that he was having a stroke. So oh she nine one one. Yeah. You could just tell, you could just kind of see it. She called 911. The, the ambulance came and they were trying to get a hold of me. Well, I happened to be showering, you know, at the time. And so In the two minutes you had to shower that day. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Out of all the times, something crazy happened. So then they called my neighbor. My neighbor came over, knocked on the shower. Like, luckily, my door was unlocked. Um, came in, knocked on my bathroom wall, like, hey, your husband's on the way to the hospital. Um, we're not sure what happened. It's something with this vision. And so I hurried and got dressed. It ended up being a blessing that, she, that this is how it happened because she could watch my kids oh, while I left. Right. So I left, I ran in and I will never forget opening the door to the ER, scanning the room, trying to find my husband. I see this man slumped over in a wheelchair and it was my husband. He looked like he'd aged 50 years. He looked like he was 80 years old. And immediately in my heart, I knew like, whoa, he looks like he's having a stroke. Um, but of course it takes hours in the ER, so many tests, so many things to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, and I just kept asking, is this stress? Is this because of stress? <laughs> Does this happen? You know, cause we have, again, just had twins with six kids. My husband's a busy attorney and the doctor said, no, like he looked at me, he's like, this is not just because of stress. Like this is more serious than that. There's something on un an underlying issue that's going on. Uh, of course, stress can exacerbate anything, but there's, there's something else. So after many tests were performed, um, they came to the conclusion that he was having a stroke, that there was a blood clot lodged, you know, somewhere around in his cranial nerve that affected his vision. And luckily over time, it did clear up. And once it did clear up his face, because he was kind of slumped over, once it did, did clear up, his face looked a little more normal, but his vision was still affected. And so he, he couldn't see clearly, like he, the vision, the double vision remained uh, for six months, actually. So it took a long you said yeah. he was 37, right? Oh, like, yeah. Okay, 37. Right. Forgot to mention that. He's, he was super young. So, of course, we're in the hospital wondering, like, what, why would a 37-year-old ha be having a stroke? Is it a family history? Is there a hole in his heart? Is there, you know, heart arrhythmia? So we ran all of those tests, and they all came back negative. So there was no why. Like, I was just hoping, like, oh, it's just a hole in his heart. That's why. Fix it. Done. Move on. Yeah. Uh, but no. So they gave us in the hospital. We stayed for three days and they said, OK, from here on out, because he's had one stroke, he's likely to have another one. So you need to follow a heart healthy diet just to reduce your chances moving forward. And they kind of explained what a heart healthy diet was. They're like, you need to avoid trans fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, eat more fiber, no alcohol. And that was all a foreign language. I'm like, great. What do I make for dinner? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, where are these foods found? I have no idea. So I, you know, I remember driving home from the hospital um, and actually calling my mom 
And all of these memories flooded back from when my mom called me after my dad had had a heart attack, but, but my dad didn't survive. My, it was my dad's one and only heart attack. He was just 55 years old. And at the time, you know, years before then, I remember praying and wishing that my dad would have gotten a second chance. Like, why couldn't you have just gotten a second chance to change his diet to have, you know, live longer. And we never got that. But in my mind, I was like, we have gotten our second chance. Like that prayer I offered earlier is, is, is being answered now. I'm getting a second chance with my husband. And so I'm going to take it. I'm going to dive deep into this heart healthy diet. I'm going to figure out what is the absolute best diet to prevent my husband from having a stroke in the future. Cause I didn't want to lose him. Like I lost my dad. So that's, that's how my journey into plant-based eating started. And we saw so many benefits. I started slow. I mean, you have six kids, like, and right after a really traumatic health event, you have so many wonderful people dropping off food that is definitely not heart healthy, but yeah, yes, I know. Right. Very comforting. And I was so grateful for it. And I think that's another thing to be aware. Sometimes we have to take a step back and look that, you know, food is a symbol of love. And I was so grateful that they had been there for us during that time because it's an emotional process and so hard. So, but after those meals started to dwindle off, um, I, you know, just started incorporating more plants, more salads, more vegetables, just all of the good things. I, I didn't yeah. think about what we were cutting out. I just thought about adding in first mm. that felt a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, and, and my husband started to lose weight without, and he wasn't even that overweight, but he immediately lost within the first month or two, 20 pounds wow. just by eating more, not having to count anything, just eating more of the good stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. And then over again, the six months, he eventually got his vision back. So oh, to us, it was a miracle. Uh, that's a re- that must've been such a, an intense time for you. Right. I just, yeah. Like to, that whole story. It's so emotional. Oh my gosh. And like to navigate all of that. And you're right. It's so wonderful to have like support and blessings during that time. But, um, that, so in that first six months, like, so are you guys completely plant-based? We are 90%. I always, you know, I kind of live in a way where if I absolutely can't find something, I will eat animal products because I would rather not go hungry. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, and sometimes with our kids, like when we travel, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's get pizza or we'll go to a yeah. you know, fast food or they can order whatever they want. My kids are probably closer to 80%, okay. um, but I do not buy, this is how I set my boundaries because yeah. it, it's, it's difficult, but my boundaries were from here on out, I am no longer going to buy meat or cheese at the grocery store. Okay. And so all of the foods that I make, it forced me to really think beyond the box. I couldn't just make my typical, you know, cheese quesadilla for yeah. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, okay, what am I going to do instead? Okay. I could do what's just as fast. Cause I always still want a convenience. So it was like maybe yeah. beans and salsa instead, you yeah. know, and it just, it was hard, but it forced me if I didn't have the option there at my house, then I would have to use what I did have and Google, Google a million recipes. I always Google vegan lasagna, vegan, whatever. And so many resources that it made it possible. I love that's an amazing share. I hope everyone here, cause I think when it comes to changing any of your nutrition, like saying never, ever, ever, I think is just a really tall order that can set us up for failure. Some people it works for, but you know, no matter what you're working on, 
either cutting out or improving, that's a really great boundary. Like just, I'm just never buying it at the grocery store, these two things. Cause then that really cuts down right on like, sure. If you go out for to, to dinner or you go out to someone's house and they serve it and you want to do it, go for it. But what is significance that really probably puts you right in that 80, 20. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And honestly, you eat a lot at home. I don't think we realize that but breakfast, lunch, you know, yeah. most years so yeah. immediately changes our diet. Yeah. Just doing that. You're talking about 21 meals and plus snacks, you know, a week, like, you know, most of them really are at home for most of us. So, so, so obviously your husband's health massively improved. That's incredible. Um, Did yours, did you notice any changes for you? Yeah. Yeah. So mine, mine as well. I lost like five pounds. I didn't really need to lose a ton of weight at the time, but I lost five pounds again without even trying Uh, more energy, which is always helpful as a mom, (laughs) you know, being able to energy and, and go throughout the day. So I, I felt great. Uh, and I just, there was just like this crazy passion that ignited inside of me. Like everyone needs to know this, you know, I became really passionate about the benefits of just plants. Only one in 10 Americans eat just five fruits and vegetables a day. Only one in 10, like we're not adding in just the, the basis, right. The, the basic things that we know we should to reduce our risk of disease in the future. So that's a great stat, but let's, so let's talk about that a little, like, uh, so the goal was to, to shift more plant-based cause it cut out the, like the trans fat, the saturated fats. Yes. Can we talk, can you talk a little bit about, like, I guess how that impacts the body, like what the health benefits are there and, and if there are any other health, you know, so then, and then you, I guess you also said eating more plants, fruits, plants and plant foods, then we're increasing our micronutrients, but yeah, talk a little bit more about the benefits of eating more plant-based. Right. So when I did get that piece of paper that said avoid trans fat, saturated fat, cholesterol, I came home and I just started doing the research of like, what is that? What foods are they found in? So trans fat, luckily there was a trans fat ban recently. So you're not seeing it as much as we used to, but you will still see it in fried foods, you know, in, in microwave popcorn, in any of those like desserts and treats that are usually left on the grocery store shelf for weeks (laughs) that stay stable for a while. And, and everything has to be below one gram of trans fat in all these foods. So, so you don't, it's not as much, but still can be found if you're buying a lot of processed foods, uh, like ready to serve meals. Yeah. Uh, As far as saturated fat goes, I, you know, instant, anyone can search this up. What is the number one source of saturated fat in the American diet? And I was shocked to find out it was, it's cheese, it's dairy. Yeah. So that's where my husband's like, I could totally give up meat, but I could never give up cheese. And then when I found that out that especially now saturated fat is affecting, uh, more the buildup of plaque in your arteries than cholesterol is right. And so in that sense, I'm like, we really need to cut down our saturated fat. And the American heart association recommends no more between, I think 5% of your overall calories, which is about 10 grams for the average woman, 10 grams or less a day, which if you were to really look and see like where trans or where saturated fat is, it builds up very fast. If you're eating a lot of dairy products, like, you know, from cheese or butter, then after that is red meat. Um, so, so cutting that down was important. And then cholesterol is mostly just found in, in you know, in animal products in general, there's eggs, but we weren't eating a ton of that. Anyway, the key that I found was the fiber. And I think learning more about fiber and at the time I was like, do we need to just eat more fiber one bars? Like I didn't quite understand where fiber is found. And number one, you know, only 5% of Americans are eating enough fiber, which is 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. 
for most women is 25 grams for men is 35 grams. So only 5% of us are getting to that mark and yeah. fiber is only found in plants. Like that's mm-hmm. where it's only found. <laughs> and it's not just fruits or vegetables. It's whole grains, legumes, yeah. nuts. Actually, that's a really good point. I think we should just define that because I think we think plant food and we think, oh, you know, people have said to me, oh, well, you're a vegetarian. What do you, you know, you only eat vegetables, but plant foods, which contain all these beautiful micronutrients and fiber are, like you said, they're, they are found in grains. They are, you know, they are found pretty much anything that grows, I guess, that's not an animal. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's found all those and your gut microbiome absolutely loves fiber. So your gut mm-hmm. microbes and they love different types of fiber. So some gut microbes love fiber from broccoli. Others love fiber from apples, uh, you know, any type of plant you want to really build up an army of good, the good gut microbes. And in order to do that, you need to eat a variety of different plants. Some mm-hmm. love beans, some love whole grains. And so adding that variety is like building up, you know, like a really balanced ecosystem. And we want to add more of the good things because when your gut eats the fiber, the gut microbes, they produce what's called short chain fatty acids. Short chain fatty acids are acetate, butyrate, propionate, and they help your memory. They help your gut lining, strengthen your gut lining. They, they help reduce your risk of cancer, of diabetes, of heart disease, and of stroke. So as we're eating fiber, your gut's producing these compounds, these short chain fatty acids that are then going to go throughout your whole body and reduce your risk of disease. And so I just wish that we all knew how amazing fiber is and really made it more of a priority. I love that. And to insert a little bit, like to make it super relevant for perimenopausal and hormonal, it's like your gut, like any any support we can provide our gut during this time and strengthening that gut, you know, is so significant because any irritation to the gut or any like sluggishness to the gut really throws off our hormones further, making it harder for us to manage. Likewise with all these, you know, all the micronutrients as well as the fiber and the veggies, like it's like having more tools to do the job that's being asked of your body right now, which I think is, you know, I'm like, and, and good tools, right? Like I always say, it's like, really good tools for the body that are going to be found, you know, in, in plant foods are are like the difference between buying Lululemon leggings or, or leggings at Walmart. There's a big, they're both tools, both leggings, both tools, but they they provide a different result in your body. So I love that. I love that you shared that. So obviously super helpful overall. Um, do you have a recommendation for like how many plant foods you try to shoot for? You know, you said, you said only 5% of Americans get enough fiber. Yeah. So 5% of Americans are getting enough fiber and only one in 10 Americans are eating just the five a day, which the world health organization has recommended to reduce your risk of disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I always. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I always tell people just to start there. I'm like, let's just start getting five, five fruits and vegetables a day. Even if it's just five apples a day, like yeah. just whatever it is, just eat more plants, whatever's the most convenient, the way that you love to do it, the yeah. way that that's easy. Let's like, I want you to really think if I were to make this easy, then how could it happen? If I were to make this, if I were to make this enjoyable, then how could I add more plants? And so if it's the same plant, start there. Let's yes. get Oh, I think, and tell me if, if this is correct, but I've, you know, obviously like things like seeds and nuts and even herbs and spices are all plant foods and can add that. So, you know, when you think about sometimes it's like five fruits and vegetables seems like a lot when you're not eating that many, but if you think about just like adding some seeds for your seed cycling, if you're doing that, or, you know, adding some seeds on your salad or some herbs and spices, I mean, you can get there really a lot faster than you think. Right. And anything helps. In fact, 
spices, um, herbs and spices have more antioxidants than any other food ounce per ounce. So wow. even just adding just a dash of cloves, for example, to like your morning oatmeal, you're going to significantly increase the amount of antioxidants in there. Adding like a, a tablespoon of oregano to your spaghetti is going to like triple the amount of antioxidants that were already in your spaghetti. So yes, the more herbs and spices that you can add, the more antioxidants you're getting, which is going to help in so many different ways. Oh yeah. That's so, okay. So those are some really great tips. You know, if we're talking about how to start to eat more plant-based, I've heard you say, um, I've heard you say, you know, let's start with just crowding out, like almost like just, let's just eat more of the fruits and vegetables and not worry, not worry so much about like, well, I'm just not eating meat. Let's just start adding in the fruits and vegetables and the fiber and the plant. Well, we'll say plant plant foods to, to our meals. And even just starting with that kind of goal of five, what else do you have any other tips? Like for people, I mean, you have a family of eight, so, you know, maybe, maybe here, here's like, what is it like in your, the week in the life of you when it comes to like planning, meal planning, shopping and cooking, what does that look like? And how, you know, or what tips can you offer? (laughs) (laughs) I know, right. That was a good laugh. (laughs) So going back to, yes, I think any little change matters. I want to just reinforce that even swapping out just 3% of animal protein with plant protein. So that's like one meal a week, just yeah. doing that small swap. So, you know, meatless Mondays can decrease your risk of dying from all causes by 10%. Oh my gosh. Dying from all causes. All causes. 10%. <laughs> I mean, it's a big gift you can give your family. And I know they may be like, oh, mom, how good, where's the meat? Or even just, you know, instead of making tacos with all ground beef, let's do, let's add more beans, a little less meat, you know, maybe cut yeah. them in half. Like you can just eat meat a little more sparingly. Maybe it's not a huge center and you can still add in the protein by adding in, you know, other quinoa and legumes and yeah. other, you know, lentils. I had never even cooked lentils in my life until I started doing this. And now lentils are like my favorite thing. So (laughs) I know, right. They're so good. And so when it comes to even just eating plant-based, what I love about it so much is when you do stock your shelves with, with lentils, with beans, um, that I really can throw a meal together so fast Mm. because I have a really great food storage. So if we came, you know, from out of town, I can put together like a, uh, you know, lasagna soup made from, red lentils, uh, and some of the spices, nutritional yeast, things like that instead of cheese. And I don't have to worry that I, like, I always have those things on hand, which is really nice. So it's it's one of our favorite (laughs) go-tos. Let's take a minute and make sure everyone listening knows about nutritional yeast, because I think that it is so, if you don't know about it, you are missing out. It is like such a powerful ingredient that adds flavor, that adds mega nutrients. Can you speak to what it is? Yeah. So it's, it's not the typical yeast that you use for like a, a baker's right. yeast mm-hmm. for, for rice things. Um, but yeah, it does have, it's called nutritional yeast because there's, there's B12 and some other nutrients in there that are, are really good for you, but it has this nutty flavor, this really kind of cheesy, nutty mm-hmm. flavor that even before we went plant-based, I remember I experimented with it once and I put it over broccoli and I'm like, Whoa, this made my broccoli so much better. Like this is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's like such an easy way. And it, like it has protein in it. And like you said, the B12s, which are really important for hormones. Like, yeah, it's such a, so if you are not already having it in your cupboard, go out and buy some. It's not expensive. Stick it, put it on your eggs, put it in your soups, put it on your salads, put it on whatever. Like you said, your vegetables, it is, it will, it will change your life. It's and like whatever you put, whatever you put Parmesan cheese over, you like swap it with nutritional yeast. 
Yeah, so good. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted. So this is these are some really great tips so far. Keep going. Oh yeah. So as far as I like when it comes to meal planning, it's ironic that I'm like not a meal planner. I I just go grocery shopping, I get my basics, and then the day of I look in the fridge and I'm like, what fruit or vegetable is about to go bad if I don't use it right now? <laughs> so that I try to really minimize waste. I think that's like my highlight is where I try to to incorporate like, okay, we already have cooked rice. We have, you know, this tofu Alfredo sauce I made before. Let's turn this into like a broccoli casserole with some chickpeas. You know, I, I just really love the creative process of just not planning. Um, but it's because I've done this for a while now that it's, it's Ah. it's fun for me, but I really like to minimize waste because I think that's the biggest thing where people will buy a bagged salad and they'll be with good intentions of eating it (laughs) and they'll end up throwing it. Right. It goes back. Yeah. So I love that you brought that up because I think like people, obviously, as we said, like there's a lot of great health reasons. That's a big passion for you. Um, you know, there's a lot of ethical reasons to eat plant-based, but there's a lot of environmental reasons to shift plant-based. And you kind of touched on it there, you know, even just with, you know, when you're just being aware and and being creative and being able to use, I know my, one of my very best friends is a vegetarian purely for environmental reasons. I mean, the others are a benefit, right? The other things are benefit, but you know, so if you're one of those, if you're someone who really has a lot of passion, you can feel really good about the impact that has which is, but that's amazing. So, cause I am not very creative. My sister operates like you, where it's like, she can just like talk to me, you know? And the, I'm like, no, I must know everything. And, and I, I'm a fan of not wasting as well. But if I don't know, I'm like, I have no idea what we're doing. Like just no idea. So I think that's, that's an amazing, do you think it can be learned? I think so. I think, it, you know, based off of trying new recipes. I think that's the thing too. You have to be willing to try new recipes, be familiar with the flavors and what it takes. And then it's really easy to just kind of throw it together. It's Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a Pilates instructor. And for years I would spend an hour planning my class before I taught the class. And now I can just show up and because it's all in there. So I think it's the same when it comes to, yes, trying something, anything new. It's like playing the piano you know, you're going to need to follow instructions, follow directions at first. And it's been four years since we went plant-based. So I've had four years of trying different recipes. And even on my YouTube channel, I'm still like trying new recipes for that channel. And I'm learning, it forces me to learn even more. And so you can do that for a while. It gets to the point where it's easy. It's like you have to fail. Failure is part of success. It's just you're going to fail with some recipes, just expect it. It's part of it. Everyone's going to hate it. You're going to yeah. throw some meals away and that's okay. You're going to get to a point. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I promise. <laughs> I love it. So great. And I love your YouTube channel. So I'm excited. We'll put that in the show notes, make sure everyone can go and check it out and watch. But, um, so when you make something and like, do you guys sit as a family of eight for dinner? Is that for the most part, if you can, I mean, I'm sure it's harder as kids are getting older, but right. Right. At least once a week we do, my kids are all in soccer, dance, gymnastics. Yeah. So my afternoons are like, I cook dinner is there. And then I, am I am literally running like basketball. I mean, it's like sometimes multiple around. Like, yeah. Shuttle people around. So, it, but on the weekends, we always try to make it a priority. I love that. So when you cook dinner, whether, whether it's a weekday or a weekend and everyone's sitting together, I would assume there are times where you have kids who are like, uh, no, <laughs> or not for me, mom. Thanks. Or this is, you know, I'm sure there's some of that, that, you know, six kids, you must have some of that. Yes. Right. Yes. 100%. <laughs> what, what happens then? Like, what's your, you know, as a mother, like what's the next step after that? 
Yeah. I tell them they're welcome to grab because I don't have meat or cheese in my house. Mm -hmm. They're welcome to grab whatever they want in the fridge. I'm not making two meals. If they want to make a peanut butter sandwich, that's totally fine. And so there are days that three of my kids made a peanut butter sandwich (laughs) and lots of leftovers. And that's okay, but it happened before. And I think that's the key too. It's not like before we went plant-based that every meal I made was a win, that they loved everything. You know, I still made meals and they're like, mom, this isn't great. And they didn't like it. So you're never going to have a perfect score. Like perfect doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because everybody likes different things. And I, so I absolutely get that. I swear I only have two kids and I feel like no matter what, one will like it and one will really not. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like this. (laughs) balance of like this, this law of balance or reciprocity in the family. It's such a funny thing. If I make something that has two components, one will like one component, one will like the other. It's yeah. just, some people are different. Do, do you have a cookbook? Uh, we do. We have multiple, we have seasonal cookbooks as ah. well. Cause it's like spring is different. Fall, winter, fall is my favorite spring. I don't know. They're all my favorite actually. Like I have, I, I have a team, so I didn't do it all by myself. Oh. I think as I started my business, I recognized that, you know, we can do more with more people. And so I brought on some other amazing cooks and we've collaborated on these cookbooks. So it's oh, so. under the plant wise name, but, but yeah. it's all of us, you know, together. So it's been That's- great. Really great. I assume those are on your website. We can check those out there. Okay. Awesome. Do you have any like plant-based mentors that you're inspired by or people that you follow that have really inspired you or whose cooking you really like? Yeah. As far as education, like I love Simon Hill. I could listen to him all day, just Mm. accent, but he's also incredibly intelligent. So I love Simon Hill, but as far as cooking goes, um, Oh man, I love minimalist baker. I love love the minimalist baker. Oh, great. (laughs) I love, I'm I'm blanking on like all the ones I follow right now, but there's so many. um, I I really love Faithful Playful. She's actually part of our team. I look at recipes um, like one of, I really love a plant, plant, a rainbow plant life. She's on YouTube, but her recipes are almost a little too complicated for me. Like, I'm like, I have to go buy that. I don't have that ingredient. So I love that Faithful Playful, who's a team member on our team, that she, it's like everything I know I have in my pantry. It's not anything crazy. I'm already going outside of my comfort zone to just, you know, not be making meat. (laughs) So don't want to have to be buying all these crazy ingredients. And, you know, now I have like liquid smoke, I have nutritional yeast, I have a couple other things. And and once you're there, then you can pretty much make everything. Yeah. I love that. It's almost like if you just start incorporating, you know, again, if it, the focus is if one meal a week, we know increases your, you know, what was it was increases your avoidance of like, of, of cancers and diseases by 10%. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, okay. All causes disease, like, all causes. That's what yeah, it was. Early mortality of all causes, yeah. by 10%. which is a massive stat. So even if you're just looking at, okay, well, once a week, I look at a recipe, I do that a new recipe, then you do start to slowly gather, you know, some of the key components of a different yeah. way of eating to have around the house. So yes. it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. I know one of the things that's awesome. These have been incredible tips, Ali. Thank you. I know one of the things that you help people focus on as well is just, you know, like the emotional triggers around, I, I mean, maybe it's weight loss or, or just changing our eating, or I'll let you talk about it, but I'd love to hear yeah. more. Yeah. So after my husband's stroke, I ended up becoming a nutritionist and helping people because I wanted to share with the world, like, this is the way, you know? Yeah. And as I start working with people, I realized that if people you know, know they need to eat plant-based for health reasons, say they've, you know, had heart surgery or, or been diagnosed with diabetes or cancer that generally they can do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but the ones that really need extra help, it, there's usually something deeper going on. And yeah. so I discovered that there's always an emotional, you know, whether it's a food addiction an emotional reason that we tend to build these habits over yeah. time, where instead of feeling our emotions, we will turn to food to numb out. We, we all have mechanisms, things that we do to numb coping. out. Whether it's, yep. Coping, whether it's Instagram, whether it's, you know, alcohol, mm-hmm. alcohol we all do it in yeah. some way. Um, but some people, food is their their common <laughs> source where they've had a long, hard day and they just want to give themselves a treat. And so what I realized is it's just a it's just so important to feel, to be, to be present in the moment, to be mindful of a negative emotion, and just to be curious, almost like a non-judgmental observer. Like, that's interesting. I've had a long, hard day. I really want chocolate. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just kind of look back as a scientist and just become curious. And I don't, I always tell people, you don't have to change anything right away, but just become more curious of your habits and why you turn to certain food at certain times and, and try to understand yourself a little bit more, you know, yeah. try to, to, to step back. And then next time, maybe you can put a 10 minute timer and just sit with your feelings before you grab your treat. Yeah. And then, you know, next time, maybe you practice some other tips, like even just simply giving yourself a self hug. I know this sounds dumb and in the moment, but you know, you had a really long, hard day. How about you just like bring your hands on your chest and just say, Allie, I love you. I'm sorry. You had such a long day, yeah. you know, just like being present with yourself, giving yourself that love before you reach for the food, you yeah. know, and then you'll see, maybe you don't need to reach for the food as much because you're, you're actually giving your body what it really needs, which is love and attention and care comfort. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that you say that. Cause I agree. I think it's that sort of following the bouncing ball of why, why I want this, why I need this, you know, or why I'm seeking comfort from something. Cause at the end of the day, when you use something like food for reasons, it's not meant for like for comfort, that's abuse. That's what, you know, so it's like, it's like choosing, you know, needing to have a drink because you're stressed, you're using it for the, I'm not really sure what the real reason of alcohol is. (laughs) Okay. So maybe that's not a good example. Food's a really tricky one, right? Because when you have, when you use food to cope, like food is a very socially acceptable piece. We need it to survive and thrive. So it's an important one. And I think, you know, I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think that when our goal is to be healthier or to lose weight, food is a critical piece of that always. And so we can kind of fixate, I think, on, oh, like how hard it is to make meals or how hard it is to eat differently. But the work is what you were just saying to us. It's that the the work that you need to do is that sitting in that moment, right? And thinking like, you know, why am I reaching for this or giving yourself that hug and giving yourself what you really need? I think when we see what the work is that we need to do, then it becomes easier to get, get to the solution or do the work. I don't right. know. Do you right. Agree? No, exactly. And, well, and emotions are like tunnels, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of times we want it, like I'm in a tunnel, it's dark, get me out, get me out, get me out, you know, yeah. and you can, you can get out by eating some food. You can get out by doing, choosing yes. your addiction of choice. Um, and the, the hard thing, like with food, like you said, is that, you know, I could cut out alcohol for my life. I can cut out social media. I could easily cut it. Like I could cut it all out. I cannot cut out food. I need it to survive. Yeah. And so really developing this relationship with food where we're using it to fuel our body and we're not using it to just numb out. And so instead when we feel our, yeah, right. When we, and when we feel ourselves in that dark tunnel to just process it, to let the emotions eat, it's like you're surfing the wave, right? Let the emotions just 
pass through, you feel them as if you were describing what the emotion felt like to an alien. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, alien right now, this is what I feel. The color is red. Like I feel it in my chest. It feels heavy, like a rock, you know, just kind of describe an emotion in your mind, you know, just visualize it, be as visual as possible to sit there. And then, and then as you can just let that emotion process, like you're going through the tunnel and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and we need to go through it. And, and besides just being aware, you could also do this by being creative. You can, you know, if it's amazing that, that whether you're playing the piano or you're crocheting or whatever, a creative project actually can help move that emotion through you. Working mm-hmm. out can help move that. Emotion yeah. Through. Giving your a, a hug to your kid can help move yeah. that emotion through you. Like there's so many different techniques that we can use to yeah. help move and process and surf the emotion instead of numb it and block it. Yes. Those are amazing tips, you know, like petting your dog, even like you're petting your animals kinds of things, but yeah, movement or hugging. I love that. That's, you know, because sometimes it's like, you're like, I don't want to journal or sit still and meditate and breathe during this time. Like you can feel it, you know, very, as you say, it's very visceral in there. So, oh, that's incredible. I, I really, I really love that. Okay. So we've covered you know, we've covered obviously the massive value and health benefit and, and really just some key steps to just start small and the benefit of just doing the small pieces um, and some other great tips for how to begin to implement this and, and focus on increasing um, plant plant types and plant amount in your food um, and the emotional eating pieces. Is there anything else you think is so important for people to know about trying to become more plant-based or making this shift in their life? Prior eating healthier. I think I love the phrase perfect love casts out all fear. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times when something happens to us, whether for me it was a traumatic event or when you know you need to make health changes, but you're afraid, yeah. um, if you can find a way to do it in that brings love, that brings joy, that it's like, I love these foods. Let's start there. I do it from a place of love. And then your fears will go away. Like, I love my body. I love, you know, to, to feel good. Just, just come from that place of like, this can be fun. This can be enjoyable. And I can love this process if I choose it. And so then it will easily dissipate all of the fears, all of the stuff that we hang on to when it comes to change in general. It's like, I can do this in a way that's fun, enjoyable, and I can love it. I love that. Will you say that quote again for me, please? Yeah. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate it. This has been an amazing conversation. So many incredible tips. And, you know, whether you are, you know, for anyone who's, I assume if most people who are listening to this are struggling with their hormones or in this hormonally shifting time, but what a powerful episode or, or you know, powerful share from you to impact all of our lives and not just us, but also, you know, our children, if we have them or our partners, if we have them in our families. So thank you so much. I really appreciate how do we, so we talked, we talked a little bit about a YouTube channel, about cookbooks. Tell us how everyone can get into your world more and learn more from you. So my website is plantwise.com and I have a ton of free recipes and I will tell you my favorite is the lasagna soup. So go try that out. You will need nutritional yeast and red lentils, which may be different for you too, that you may not have tried before, but I promise it's so good. I'm so, going to make that this week. 
Yes, it's so good. It's so good. So it's W H Y S because I love teaching the why behind eating more plants. So W H Y S plant wise. I'm on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm probably the most active daily. And then I'm also on on TikTok as well as YouTube. But YouTube is where I'm. I really show like if you're brand new and you want to learn how, like the, YouTube is where I show you the how. Instagram is where I teach you the why. <laughs> and then YouTube is like this is how we do it. Okay, beginner yeah. recipes. Start here. It can be simple and it can be fun. Oh, amazing. Thank you. That's incredible. Okay. I'm going to link everything in the show notes um, so that everyone can find out if they want to be getting working with you right now. Do you have anything going on right now that they could dive into with you or get on before we miss the opportunity? You know, let me give your listeners a free 30 day trial to my membership because I think, yeah, I think that it would be beneficial just to hop on. I have a two week emotional eating course that is so like, if you just have the free 30 days, if all you're in is for the free 30 days, go in straight to that emotional eating course. It will change your life. Even if you don't follow the meal plan that goes with it, just listen to the 15 days worth of videos. You will be a different person at the end of it because you will learn those emotional techniques of how to deal with your emotions instead of turning to food. Oh my gosh. I love that. What an amazing gift. I have, I have clients already that I'm so excited to send that to. So thank you so much, Ali. What an incredible, generous offer. And, uh, I will have to have you back on the show and maybe we can talk more about specific meals for your cycle. I feel like that could be a really good thing to talk about. Um, but thank you for everything. I will link everything in the show notes, you guys and sisters go out, be more in your life and not just less on the scale. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.